Hey everyone, welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. As you can see, I have uh, some books behind me. If you're watching, I am in my study. It's not complete yet. I won't show you the rest of it because it's kind of messy, but I appreciate your patience with me as I have not been able to put out content as regularly. But I think starting next week, even though I have a lot more to do, um, at least my office will be set up. I'll be able to have higher quality podcasts and more of them. And I know I got a backlog. I know many of you are waiting for book reviews, and uh, you've some of you have requested that I talk about certain things I haven't yet. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get to it <laughs> as I can. Um, but uh, but but this is kind of what's been going on in my life. Um, one of the things I'll mention, though, I, I did happen to go out on a very enjoyable. I haven't done this in a very long time, but an enjoyable camp out, just one one night, and then we uh, went hiking uh, yesterday, and. It was a needed slight break from uh, all the other stuff I've been working on. And uh, the conversation came up with some people uh, about those who said that they would uh, not take the experimental treatment, that they you know weren't, weren't ever going to do that. But then when the going got tough, meaning their income was going to be hit, they would have to enjoy a, a lower standard of living they decided to uh, make a different choice and to go ahead and get it. And it's discouraging for some people uh, who want to see principled leaders, especially, but even just friends, principled people, and they don't see it. And and this kind of thing sparked a conversation about, hey, what, what was it like uh, when tyranny was much worse in the 20th century in certain areas of the world, taking Germany, for instance? And you know what happened during uh, the beginning of the Nuremberg Laws? Why did people cave? And, and one of the things that I think is important to remember is that that, that is human nature. It is human nature to cave. Uh, humans will choose um, security and they'll choose tyranny even over liberty often because uh, they don't, uh, sometimes it's something as trivial, trivial as they don't want to enjoy a lower standard of living. Other times there, there's real threats to themselves or their family or others that they love and they uh, think that that's the thing they need to do to somehow protect. Um, and, uh, and maybe they talk big. You know, a lot of people talk big when there's really not a sacrifice yet to be made. Uh, we're, really, it's human nature to be like Peter, to say, I'll never deny you, Lord, and then the cock crows three times. And so we should expect this. This is not to be a downer, but we should expect this. This is human nature. And, and Christianity teaches this, right? That Christianity teaches that Man is uh, mired in sin, depraved, weak, all these, these things. And that's why we need Jesus, because we, we have a propensity to break God's commands and to be hypocrites and to go back on our word and to choose uh, evil over good. And so, um, so in this case, and I, and I don't want to uh, just focus on the, the current situation, but on the tyranny that's on the horizon uh, maybe even even some other choices that have had to be made in in work circumstances or or in church circumstances or wherever, where there there was a kind of a fighting spirit in private, but then uh, caving when the going got tough. Um, I I think we need some uh, encouragement on this. So my, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read for you something. This this isn't necessarily encouraging. This just drives home the point I already made. But I'm going to read for you something. Uh, it's very short. It's a book review that I did um, on a book called Ordinary Men, and uh, I'll explain why. And then let's talk about uh, a little bit about Jesus. Let's talk about the gospel and and who Jesus was and why um, 
why right now those who shine bright and emulate Jesus and have uh, steel spines and are willing to suffer uh, sacrifice for the people they love and the things they believe, why, why those people really do stand out? Why those are the leaders we really do need to look to? And we, we need to, uh, even if someone's not well-spoken, even if someone has other weaknesses, if they're simply willing to take a stand, uh, they may be even wrong about some things. Uh, they might, might not have it all together. None of us do. But if they have bravery, if they have a willingness to stand up for what they believe in, and they're, they're shooting in the right direction, you know, they, they, they're orthodox, they, in their theology, they um, uh, understand basically the issues that are at play right now. They need support. And, uh, I, and we need to be careful about trusting people that uh, haven't had to make those sacrifices. I'm not saying not to trust them. I'm not saying not to follow people, but I'm just saying those who, who really have made true sacrifices and, and, and I'm not talking about people who talk about their sacrifices every five minutes. I mean, those who really have made sacrifices, believe in what they've done, that, that it's the right thing, their conscience is clear, they can sleep at night, uh, and, and they just look for the next thing that God has for them. Those are the people we need to identify right now, kind of gather around. Because uh, I think times are about to get harder, and you're going to need... A, a, a tree that's got roots that are planted deep by the streams of water, not someone to and uh, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, not someone who hasn't had to really suffer and isn't tested. So let, let me read for you uh, this short, I'll skim some of this, this short um, book review I did. The book is called Ordinary Men, the Pol Reserve Police Battalion 101 and the Final Solution in Poland is the subtitle. I did this for a World War II class that I was in. Actually, it was a Holocaust class. I did a whole class on the Holocaust. And most academic treatments on the Holocaust focus on either Jewish victims or uh, mastermind perpetrators inhabiting the upper echelons of the Nazi hierarchy. This book is different, though. This one uh, focuses on the ordinary men in the Reserve Police Battalion 101 during the final solution in Poland. It's, it's written by Christopher Browning. And so he uh, finds primary sources on uh, what happened in, in this particular uh, division. Um, it's a narrative. Uh, I would recommend the book. It, it's disturbing. So just it's a Holocaust book. Just realize that it's very disturbing. Uh, but the story takes place between June 1942 and the end of 1943. And at least 38,000 Jews were shot during this time. This time not by the Gestapo, but by a mixture of common volunteers, conscripts, and policemen, mostly from Hamburg, and most of whom were not Nazi party members. So these are ordinary men. These aren't uh, these horrible, uh, inhuman villains that uh, we often think of uh, as, you know, those were the Nazis, and, and they were men too, but these were really ordinary men. They, they knew what it was like before Nazi rule or without Nazi rule, and they, they, they weren't as brainwashed, and they, they went through with this arch crime. Um, they were not prepared for the task before them, which included assisting in deportations in addition to killing Jewish men, women, and children in Polish towns. The typical procedure involved lining victims up in the woods, often in front of pits that served as pre-made mass graves, and ordering their summary executions. And some of the things I'm about to read are disturbing. So if you have kids, 
I just want to warn you here. 10 to 20% of those actually assigned to the firing squads, the author estimates, were executed from participating based upon moral qualms or physical inability. So in other words, 80 to 90% did not have these qualms. They just went through with it. Think about that. Ordinary people, most of them just went through with this. Many officers recognized the difficulty of carrying out such a task. Major Wilhelm Trapp, a 53-year-old career policeman, was pale and nervous with a choking voice and tears in his eyes when he gave the execution order. He later remarked to his driver, if this Jewish business is ever avenged on earth, then ha have mercy on us Germans. So there were people who recognized what I'm doing is wrong. But here's how it was dealt with, uh, how, how these guilty consciences were um, somehow alleviated temporarily. In order to ease the consciousness of men, many of whom had families and worked in public services before the war, generous quantities of alcohol were provided. During a particularly horrific pogrom, in which, in addition, uh, in addition to Max's execution, 700 Jews were burned alive in a synagogue as police shot anyone trying to escape. Major Wace, who oversaw the operation, was found drunk. Others developed hardened consciences and elaborated rationalizations. For instance, a 35-year-old metal worker from Bremerhaven stated, I made the effort and it was possible for me to shoot only children because I reasoned with myself that after all, without its mother, the child could not live any longer. So he thought he was doing the right thing. He actually rationalized what he was doing. Still, the shooting of infants and small children was avoided, avoided by almost all the men involved. Browning struggles to explain, and there are situations like this, I don't think I wrote it down, where you know, you'd have a line of people and they would, the firing squad would shoot and no one would die. <laughs> it would like the bullets went over everyone's head. They have to do it again because of sometimes these, these unwillingness to, to, to do this. Browning struggles to explain how men who had known political standards and moral norms other than those of the Nazis could act in such barbarous ways. So eventually, I mean, even in those situations, eventually they did carry these, these crimes out. Drawing from psychological categories and research, the author considers whether group dynamics, battlefield frenzy, and bonds of loyalty contributed to the 125th's actions. Going where most historians dare not tread, Browning includes extensive analysis of a study on obedience by Stanley Milgram and a prison experiment by Philip Zabardo. He concludes with a serious but dismal warning on the last sentence of the book, and this is the, the author who studied this. this, is what he says. Within virtually every social collective, the peer group exerts tremendous pressure on behavior and sets the moral norms. If the men of the Reserve Police Battalion 101 uh, could become killers under such circumstances, what group of men cannot? And that's the question. If these ordinary people, this is what, this is what surprises him, if these ordinary people could become these, these killers, then, then who, who, who isn't like that? That's right. Hum, that's human nature. Ordinary men is more than a historical narrative, is more, all right, so anyway, I get into some other stuff. Um, actually, Browning even acknowledges total depravity uh, in the book. I don't think he's a Christian. The Holocaust took place because at the most basic level, individual human beings killed other human beings in large numbers over an extended period of time. That's his thesis. So here's the thing. Here's the takeaway. Why, why do I bring this all up? We should not be surprised when people are weak, when people go back on their words, when people don't stand up to the evil in front of them, and then when people actually participate it. People that are ordinary, people that uh, we, we would not expect that to, they, they, people even who would disagree with it, if they really probably thought through it. But people go along with the crowd, they go along with what they're forced to do, 
they go along with uh, what's going to be beneficial for them and their family. And, and this is human nature. Now, where does the gospel come in? Well, Jesus is the only perfect human in all of history. The God-man, Jesus Christ, 100% God, 100% man, obeyed, 100% suffered more than any other human, and did so knowing that there was a higher purpose. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, is now seated, now is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the quintessential hero, the one who never wavered, who never caved. Many of the people in uh, the 101 ended up even later into the 70s committing suicide, having nightmares, never talking about it, having such a horrible time with some of the things they did. Others had hardened consciences. But Jesus, um, he, he never wavered one bit. He never caved. And so uh, what he did, he could be 100% proud in. Just think about that for yourself. Have, being, being proud of something, 100%, you know you did the right thing. And you suffered consequences, you, you suffered the scorn of everyone else, even the people who should have never let you down, you would have thought. I mean, the religious leaders of Jesus' day were the ones behind uh, the arch crime of human history, if you think about it. His own disciples falling asleep on him and then running and scattering, uh, being denying him even. Uh, this is this is what he went through, and he did not have anyone to lean on. He went through it alone. I mean, uh, Father even turned his back on him. Think of that. Think of th think of what he went through, and he came out the triumphant hero. And that's an inspiration. And I think every hero uh, that we can look to, that the stories that we have, even the myths, are they're 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 kind of in a in a very crude way trying to copy this perfect example of what heroism is. But in our culture today, we, we've killed that. We've killed people with internal virtue. We, we take down their monuments. Uh, we, we don't want to recognize them at all. Uh, they're, they're not the people that deserve recognition. Uh, the people that deserve recognition are those who go along with what the central authority says is for the common good. And, and that this is just a recipe for tyranny, those who behave. So, um, that, that's the world we're living in now. And, and it is a scary place to be. And it is hard when you watch. I mean, I, I can think of even people I know that I'm thinking now, okay, you know what? If we were in different circumstances, they would. if we were in Nazi Germany, they would be the ones reporting on someone who would be hiding Jews or something. They, they would do that. And I could see them doing that. They would verbally say they'd never do it. But I can see now from the, the little bit of testing that's going on right in front of us, we can identify some of those people. Maybe you even look in your own heart and you're wondering, where am I at? And this is the time to be brave. This is the time to pray. It's time to draw on the strength of the Lord. And this is the time to say, you know what? I got some lines. Let me, let me, these are my convictions. Let me stand there and let me not waver. Let me not go past those lines. We, we need to be, before we, we have this, the tyranny pressed upon us, we need to know what we'll do, how far we'll go. We need to already have that thought out and decided in our minds so that our consciences are clear and that we can uh, do the right thing before God. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I hope that's helpful. That's practical. That's where we're at. I hope you're uh, gravitating towards people of like mind who have bravery, who have uh, these kind of virtues and, um, and, and, and stick with them because I think times are going to get a lot tougher. So uh, good book to read. Uh, it's kind of a downer in a way, but 
it really uh, proves uh, the, um, the weakness of men. And in fact, I saw, this is after I read it, I saw Jordan Peterson in a video online recommending this book, basically saying that, look, all these people who say, oh, I would never have gone along with that. I would never be a Nazi. I'd never said, yes, you would. The vast majority of people do. That's just the reality of the situation. That's, that's how people are. So don't let it surprise you. Uh, just uh, like I said, uh, know where you stand. Stand with the people that, are, that, that you have identified already as those willing to suffer and sacrifice for the right thing. And, and, uh, and then trust in the Lord. That's all we can do. And, and, and you know what? We, we were born for such a time as this. God puts you right where he wants you exactly where he wants you for what's about to take place and what is taking place. And he didn't make a mistake. So I hope you find a little encouragement in that at least. Uh, and I hope this was a helpful little video. God bless and more coming later on. Bye now. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.